This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Actually, going on in, this is going to be trusting Father number four. <clears throat> and uh, Dad had asked me a couple of weeks ago if I would continue this, give him a little bit of a break during the prayer and fasting time, and and um, and wanted me to kind of expound a little bit on prayer and intercession. Everybody say intercession. Now, you know, I remember when I was younger, I remember my idea of intercession. My idea of intercession was simply really, really, really long prayers. Really long prayers. And how many of you have ever been to an all-night prayer and intercession thing? I mean, awesome times in that. But you know, I actually, I like what was said this morning, what, what you were saying this morning, that, that not our prayers have to be real long. We, we get this idea that intercession is this, you have to pray a really long prayer for a really long time, and then you're interceding on behalf of something or someone, right? Now, I don't know how many of you are like me, but I'm just going to be honest. I'm kind of a bottom line person. I'm kind of a get to the point person. And I remember when I was first starting as a teenager, trying to start praying and setting these goals to pray for 30 minutes or pray for an hour. You know, after 10 minutes, I pray for myself and my family and my health, school, the nation, the orphans in Africa. Run out of stuff to say, you know? And I remember sitting there thinking, and people would be at church saying, Well, I set a goal to pray for 15 minutes, brother, but the glory fell. I prayed for seven hours before I knew it was over with. Yet ever happened to you? No. No, it's never happened to me. <laughs> and you feel all bad, you know? And like I say, some of us are kind of more the, the get-to-the-point, bottom-line kind of people. You know, I've become more and more like that over the years. You know, when somebody comes to you in your family or, or somebody in the church trying to sell you something, you got to listen to them. And so they start expounding on what they're trying to sell you. And, 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 and I don't know how many of you are like me, but in a few minutes I'm like, you know what, how, how much does it cost? Well, hang on, I'll tell you why it's such a good bargain. Well, no, no, hold on, hold on, let's get to the bottom line. How much does it cost? How many of you are kind of bottom line kind of folks? And the funny thing is, a lot of times, bottom line kind of folks, a lot of times, tend to pray bottom line kind of prayers. Lord, fix it. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. See, I, in talking about myself, actually, I forgot about this. I almost skipped by it. I got to show this as a little icebreaker and open it up talking about disliking chit-chat. I remember back in the day, y'all remember, remember before the days of text messaging? Whew. I remember when text messaging first came out, and I thought, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Who wants to flip open their flip phone and hit A, A, one, two, three, four, dun, 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 space, space, dun, dun, period, period, period. And doing this whole thing, I thought, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. And people start sending me text messages, and I'm like, I'm calling them, Whoosh, call them, you know. And then they came out with the smartphone. And you're like, there's a keyboard. And about that time, I was really 
running forward with the worship team and stuff. And, you know, every time I wanted to contact the worship team, I had to pick up the phone and call every last person. And, you know, you call somebody to church. You can't just be like, when they say hello, you can't say, hey, are you coming Thursday? You got to be like, hey, how's your mama? You know, I've been praying for her. Yeah. How's everything going? And you got to stop and listen for a minute. You got to. And it's not that you don't care, but you're on a mission, right? I mean, you're, but you can't do that. And calling the worship team would take like, you know, 45 minutes. Dude, now I can send out like 30 text messages at once. Don't forget Thursday. Be there. Thanks. Bam. It's the most awesome thing in the world. But I, I saw this video. I'm, I'm just going to show you guys real quick. Um, it's been going around YouTube. How many of you know who Tim Hawkins, Christian comedian, is? Uh, be sure and bring the volume up before you start that. It starts almost immediately. And bring the lights down if you would. Take a look at this real quick on text messaging. Men and women text differently. Like when men text something, it's just a couple of words. Da, 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 send. That's all I had to say. I have nothing left right now. I'm tapped out right now. When I get another thought, I will send that out to you. But right now, just a couple of crickets playing racquetball up there. Yeah. But women, when women text, what are you doing? Oh, you look like a squirrel holding a nut. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna tell her that too. Yeah, I got a carriage return on your phone. This is my text to her right here. Hello, my darling. How you doing today? Send. And that's when the floodgates open. Now I'm going to read you her response. Good, I'm just so tired. Went to chiropractor. I'm super tight through shoulders and mid-back, so I loosened that up. He said, it sounds like my brain isn't shutting off for some reason. I asked him if it would be from playing electronic games before bed. He said, probably so. He said, try that have a sip of wine before bed. If I don't sleep good the next week, come back and try acupuncture. Smiley face, I'm feeling very draggy, but still as Jack and Stacey, so it could be in the air. Have it Jackson played Xbox before bed, so he could have the same issues. So I text back, okay. <laughs> Actually, it was just, okay, that's all it was. I don't want to overdo it, get a blister or something. I used to think that prayers of intercession were really, really long prayers. You're going to intercede. You're going to pray really, really long prayers for a really, really long time. And real honestly, for just a minute, you know, I... I don't know how many of you are like me, but I, there, there was a period of time where I, I, kind of, I kind of felt the shame of the fact that I struggled for pray, praying for long periods of time in one city. Any of you ever been there before? You hear people around you saying, I prayed for three hours today, and you're going, I prayed for seven hours. I can't even sleep for seven hours. <laughs> and I've told you guys before that, you know, in many ways, you know, I'm, I'm more of an introverted person. My wife, she thrives on social interaction. That's how she gets recharged. I thrive on time by myself and quiet. Makes it interesting. But the fact of the matter is, I love my family. My wife has learned to know me, and she learns, she's learned to know that, you know, a lot of times when I get home after working, at, you know, at, and stuff, I, sometimes I have a little time by myself. I'm usually in a lot better mood if I can go and chill for a few minutes, have a little bit of quiet time. I come out and I'm good. How many of you are like that? Kind of, kind of got that. And I'm that kind of person that doesn't have to always speak. 
honestly doesn't mind being behind the scenes. Many times prefers being behind the scenes than on the stage. How many of you are like that? And I always thought that maybe, maybe there was something wrong with me when I would try and intercede. and I would be out of things really to pray. I, I was praying for someone and I prayed everything I could possibly think of for them. 15 minutes, I'm done. And as I grew and matured in the Lord, I realized a few things. First thing I realized was that God's the one that made me the way I am. And it's not a weakness, and it's not something shameful. I realized that when I'm spending time with the Lord, it doesn't mean I have to be speaking. I realized that there are other forms of communication. Obviously, I can pray in the Spirit. One of my favorites is just quietly relaxing and just meditating on the Lord. Just thinking about Him and recognizing His presence and His power right there with me in that moment. Um, striving to be sensitive to His voice and His leading. And over time, I began to realize that my entire preconception of intercession was wrong. And I didn't really, really even know what it was. When we understand what intercession means, we can all pray prayers of intercession. And it can be a joy to pray. So I'm going to give you a few points. And I, I, I'll tell you, I was, I was listening to a, a message by Robert Morris. And that brother can break some things down in such a practical way. Can he? He can really break things down in an awesome way. And, and so I really got, from a message I heard from him last week, I was just really got some, some new revelation of this that just really made it so simple. And I, I want to share uh, some bits and pieces of that with you. I'm going to give you three points. And you've got your notes there in your service guide. I encourage you to grab those and, and fill them out. Three points. Number one, Jesus is interceding. How many of you know that Jesus is interceding right now? You got there, Romans 8, 34. It says, who is he who condemns? If it is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us? So two things we see from this passage. Jesus is currently at the right hand of God, correct? And he is currently making intercession for us. It's good news. Hebrews 7.25 says, Therefore, he who is able to save to the uttermost... I looked up uttermost. Uttermost means the furthest reach, to the extreme. How many know that's also good news? He was able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, being Jesus, since he always lives to make intercession for them. So Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, always making intercession for us, and it says there that he lives to make intercession for them. Say, that's me. He lives to make intercession for you and me. So... What is intercession? Well, first we need to talk about what intercession is not. Where I had it wrong, intercession is not a prayer. Intercession is an activity. It's an action. See, even though intercession is not a prayer, you can pray a prayer of intercession, right? It's kind of like faith. James tells us that faith without action is dead. Why? Because faith isn't a prayer, it's an action. However, faith can be a prayer. You can have pray a prayer of faith, right? Salvation is not a prayer, but you can pray a prayer of salvation. So intercession. Intercession is not a prayer, but you can pray a prayer of intercession. So I looked up the word intercession. What does it mean? mean and it's in its basic root form, it means mediation. The act of bringing two parties together. 
I never thought about that before. The act of bringing two parties together. And you think about it, and this is exactly what Jesus did. He brought us and the Father together, right? He said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you, and I'm going to take care of everything so that you can have a relationship with the Father and you can live and dwell with Him forever. Right? Now, He was walking the earth during that time, and He was saying, you can't have a relationship with the Father now. You can't have a relationship with Him yet. You can't have a relationship with Him until I build that bridge. Jesus was a bridge builder. And actually, there was a picture. Put that up on the screen if you would, Matt. This was, um, this was a painting a guy did. It was actually when I was a student at Christ for the Nations back in the early 90s. That was up on the, uh, up on the wall in our prayer room. And I always thought that was kind of the coolest, the coolest painting because I thought, you know, that, that sums it all up. And uh, I had to do quite a bit of Googling, but I finally, finally found it. But intercession, intercession is the Hebrew word pagah. Say pagah. I thought about putting P-A-G-A on the screen, but Hebrew letters aren't, yeah, anyway. Uh, pagah. Pagah shows up, it is in the Old Testament 46 times. But out of those 46 times, only a few times is it actually translated intercession. And so I want to look at a few of the times here where it's not translated intercession. You should see in your notes there Joshua 17.10. And in Joshua 17.10, they're actually discussing the borders of the promised land. And he says, southward it was Ephraim's, and northward it was Manasseh's, and the sea is his border. And they met together in Asher on the north and in Issachar on the east. They met together. Guess what word that is? Pagah. That, a, a, a synonym of pagah, another meaning, is intersection. And I thought that was kind of cool because what happens when we pray a prayer of intercession? We pray and we're headed one direction and we intersect, our way intersects with God's way. And we're praying a prayer of intercession. Um, and this is what Jesus did for us. Joshua 19.11 once again, still talking about the borders. It said, their border went up toward the sea and Marala and reached to Dabasheth and reached to the river that is before Jokneum. Reach to. Guess what word that is? Pagah. Say it like you mean it. Pagah. <laughs> they, when we couldn't reach God, God reached to us through His Son. And that was intercession. He made an intersection. So, this is what intercession means. Intercession, we could say, means to build a bridge, which is what Jesus did. And I believe that's in your notes. Jesus built a bridge for us. So, let's look at a couple spots where pagah is translated, is actually translated intercession. In Isaiah 59, 16, it says, He saw that there was no man, and talking about Jesus, and wondered that there was no intercessor, no one to build a bridge between man and God. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him, and his own righteousness, it sustained him. And then, in going back a couple of chapters, actually, chapter 53, chapter 53 is all talking about the coming Messiah. Uh, in 53, verse 12, it says, Therefore I will divide him, being Jesus, a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul into death, dying on the cross, 
And he was numbered with the transgressors, being the two thieves, and he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. That's me. That's us, right? Once again, we got the picture of the bridge. He built a bridge for us, a bridge that allowed us to be cleansed and to have relationship with the holy God. And there was a great gulf, a great chasm that only Jesus could span. And that's what he did. You know, it, and looking at that painting, it makes me think, I was talking to somebody just the other day, it, it bothers me when I hear people say, well, how can your loving God send someone to hell? Our God doesn't send anyone to hell. Our God builds bridges. We're marching our way right toward hell, and he says, here's my bridge, I built it for you. Come on across. Come on. We want to do our own thing, and we want to jump into hell and blame God. He's our bridge builder. He's our intercessor. Amen? When we pray, there's this chasm. There's this chasm, this gulf between what's going on in heaven and what's going on in earth. And our prayers become that bridge. That's why Jesus told his disciples to pray. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is intercession. Make sense? So point number one was Jesus interceding. Point number two, the Holy Spirit is interceding. In Romans 8, verse 26 and 27, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. We'll talk about that word help in a minute. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. How many of you sometimes don't know what to pray? You got a moment. You had somebody come to you and share their heart, what's going on, and you're like, what is your prayer? <laughs> for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession. He makes a bridge. He makes connection with groanings that cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, we have a relationship with the Lord, but we don't always know what the Lord's will is in a moment, in a situation. But the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what the Lord's will is. And so when we pray, the Holy Spirit can help us make that connection. He's the one interceding. So as we pray, He builds that bridge, and our will begins to line up with God's will. And we're praying a prayer of intercession because the Holy Spirit is praying a prayer of intercession. Make sense? We can pray and the Holy Spirit can lead our prayers and we can know that we are praying according to God's will. And then it said, I want to go back to that real quick, it said at the beginning of that, it said, likewise the Spirit who also helps. You know what the word help means? Help is two parties mutually bearing a burden. That's our Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to help us carry our burdens to the Lord. And that's part of what prayer is. Prayer is really, I think this is in your notes, prayer is the transference of a burden. We have a burden about our health, or about our marriage, or about our work, or about our children, whatever it is. We go and we lay that burden before God. Right? We cast our cares on Him. Now the Bible says... The Bible says that we're his sheep, right? 
How many of you know that sheep are not, uh, not load-bearing animals? Let me, let me show you some load-bearing animals real quick. I've shown a few pictures in the past from this, but uh, some of you know a few, back several years ago, I've been to the Grand Canyon several times and put the first one up there. A few years ago, Sean and I decided to hike in toward the Grand Canyon. We went up Route 66 on this little Indian road, 60 miles in the desert. We went down these switchbacks, 1,600 feet down this cliff, this canyon, and we hiked 12 miles in, and my watch said it was 112 degrees. I had 50 pounds on my back. She had 35. All of our food, our, our tent, our sleeping bags, and everything else, we went in. And let me tell you, those next couple days were miserable. Those were heavy packs. And we were very sore. And let me tell you, when we were getting ready to head out about four days later, by the way, it was all downhill on the way there, we knew we had to get back out 12 miles in the desert, back out to the road where our car was. We decided to bite the bullet and get some pack animals. Next picture. And so there we are on the way out. We've made it most of the way, getting ready to hit the switchbacks and head up the cliff there. But uh, we got a couple of horses and another one to put our packs on. Best decision I think we've ever made. Awesome. Cost us a little bit. Best we ever spent. And I think, is there one more? Oh, yeah, I had to throw. Yeah. A couple years later, a couple years later, some of us guys went out there, and, uh, and I decided on the way in this time, we weren't going to carry all these packs. So I rented quite a few pack animals right from the get-go that we put all of our bags on, and we were able to just walk with them that 12 miles in. And you can hit the next picture there. I think uh, there's, our, there's our brother Rich there. And, uh, and you can see the pack animals up there in front of them with all the stuff loaded on them. And is there one more? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, there's Ron and, and Charles McGee and David Meyer. There's Zach over there on the side. Pack animals. Let me give you a little heads up. When we go to the Grand Canyon, we don't hire pack sheep. <laughs> sheep are not made, they were not designed to be load-bearing animals. And we, were, we are called God's sheep. I think too many times we try and carry burdens we weren't designed to carry. And sometimes we won't let go of them just because of just the pride in our hearts that we won't let go of. But we're told to cast our cares upon the Lord. Amen? And the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us do this. We're burdened with anything. We carry a burden to God and we leave it with Him. This is the Holy Spirit's function in our life, to be a comforter and to help lighten the load. If we spend any amount of time in prayer and we walk out with the same heaviness and same burdens we walked into that prayer time with, we probably weren't praying. We were probably just griping to the Lord. Because when we stop and we pray, the Lord takes those burdens. And we feel that load lightened. Amen? If we pray, we leave the burden there with Him. It's part of what prayer does. Let me say this too. You know, we have a lot of folks in our church from all different backgrounds and all different denominations and, and all different parts and, uh, of, of the body of Christ. I, I had a discussion with somebody a, a couple of weeks ago that made me think of this. We should never be afraid of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there for us. He convicts, of, he convicts us of sin, and the greatest work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is, is bringing us to Jesus and, and us becoming a new creation. That's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit gives us power from on high and, and all these great things, but I find that 
today, there's, there's so many folks out there, and more often than not, they're in the church that are afraid of the Holy Spirit and cringe. Holy Spirit. And just because the things we've seen and things we've been taught, the Holy Spirit is not something to fear. He is not someone to fear. Many folks, when they hear the Holy Spirit, they think of someone speaking in tongues on TV and saying, just lay your hands on the TV screen and send me $50 and you'll be healed. Or they think of somebody with caked on makeup crying with it running all over their face. Well, I'm just being honest. Seriously. They go, oh, those Holy Ghost people. Or they think about the Pentecostal church down the road where they don't wear any makeup and they have scorched down their ankles. Or they think about them weird snake handlers out in Appalachia, you know, got their snakes. I, I, I'm not putting any of those folks down, except maybe the snake handlers. Um, but none of these things have anything to do with the Holy Spirit. Don't ever fear the Holy Spirit. He is kind. He is gentle. He's there for our good. Amen? And listen, everyone expresses themselves differently in worship before God, and that's great. But if what you see causes you to fear, that's not the Holy Spirit. Okay? Does that make sense? So anyway, when we pray and we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, we will begin to say things that we weren't even thinking about. How many of you have ever done that before? It's because we're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us, and He knows God's perfect will. I remember one time praying for somebody, and he came, and he wanted healing, and, he, and, he, and I'm praying for him for healing, and next thing I knew, I was praying for his family relationships, and I was just kind of like, and I... And I second-guessed myself. I thought about it too much while I was praying there in that moment. I just kind of stopped and, and I thought, I need to get back on track. But then I felt it. And I was like, no. And I just looked at him and I said, man, I said, I, said, I feel like you're holding unforgiveness towards somebody. And, you know, he just kind of looked at me kind of cold. And I was like, well, maybe I missed it. But I said, uh, and then just more came. And I said, I feel like something's happened that hurts you deeply. Somebody close to you in your family and, and you, you, you've allowed such a root of bitterness to take a hold that your, your growth of the Lord has just stopped. And, and it, it's affecting every day of your life. Next thing you know, you know he's just crying. I'm like, Phew. okay, thank you, Jesus. You know, but, but really, that's the Holy Spirit in a moment when you're praying for somebody and you allow the Holy Spirit to guide you and all of a sudden you're, you're, you're speaking words that you, you weren't even thinking about and you're going a different direction. It's because the Holy Spirit knows God's perfect will and we've got to allow Him to lead and to guide. It's part of what the Holy Spirit does. It's he intercedes and intervenes on our behalf. Because when we don't know what to pray, He knows what to pray. So Jesus is interceding. The Holy Spirit is interceding. And lastly, we are interceding. You realize that when we pray, we are building bridges between God and those that we pray for. 1 Timothy 2.1 says, Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, notice that prayers and intercessions are mentioned separately. Supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. So, since Jesus is interceding, and He built a bridge, and the Holy Spirit is interceding, you know, we can intercede and we can build bridges too. from God to the person we're praying for. So say, for instance, you want to intercede for somebody. You can pray for an hour. That's awesome. You can pray for two minutes and intercede for somebody. I understand there's times that you need to pray and you're praying and, and you feel you know, you're praying for a breakthrough. But the point is, 
Sometimes those two-minute prayers are just as powerful as those one-hour prayers. And so say you've, got a, say you've got a son who's not following the Lord, and you want to pray a prayer of intercession. What do you do? Say his name is John. You start praying. Well, the Lord Jesus told us first that we honor God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So we just start off and we recognize God. God, I love you. I thank you that you're my intercessor. I thank you that you built a bridge for me. I thank you that you are all-powerful. You are full of grace and mercy. We just honor God. And then we begin to say, Lord, I lift up my dear son to you. I pray, God, that you would put a hedge of protection around him in Jesus' name. I pray, God, that, that you would just, just uh, help to get rid of any negative influence in his life that's, that's not beneficial, that's leading him astray, that you would surround him by people that are going to encourage him and build him up and point him back toward you. Does that make sense? And so what ends up happening is, in a prayer of intercession like that for a person, you've got God in the one hand, and you've got the person you're praying for in the other. And you continue praying, and God, I'm believing for a miracle on this person's behalf in Jesus' name. And you pray, and you bring them together. And you have built the bridge between that person and God, and that is a prayer of intercession. Does that make sense? There's so many folks, even in this church, there's so many testimonies. How many of you have checked out our new website? Oh, wow, like six. <laughs> yeah, anyway. All right, we're going to take a website break. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but there's a link on the front page of the website for testimonies. And all of our testimonies that you see in the church and others, we're, uh, I'm, I'm uploading those, and there's a link right on the front page of the website you can click on and, and, and see all those video testimonies. But, you know, so many people, I love seeing the praise report on the prayer chain last week that Billy DeVore's mother's doing better. We've been believing for Billy's mother for I don't know how long. You know, there were so many folks that were believing for jobs. And I know, I know Liz got the job that she was looking for. James graduated from the fire academy. It was so awesome. Charles getting the, the job that he got. You know, people that, that we as a body were, had prayed and interceded on their behalf. And the joy really comes in seeing the breakthrough and seeing it happen seeing that bridge built and seeing heaven come to earth in a moment because God honors those prayers. Amen? We can build bridges through intercession. The reason we can do this is because Jesus first made a bridge for us. I, there was a, a story that uh, I wanted to share real quick before we close out. After World War I, the United States allocated funds for orphans in Europe. And uh, at one of the orphanages that was funded by the U.S., uh, an old, real skinny man, obviously hungry, malnourished, walked in, and he's holding this skinny, malnourished little girl. And he walked in, and uh, he asked them if they would please take care of this girl. And they asked him, is this your daughter? And he said, yes, it is. And they said, well, it's against our policies. We cannot take care of a child who has at least one living parent. And he said, look, I've been in prison camps, and he said, my health is terrible, and I'm old, and she is going to die soon if you don't take her and take care of her. And while they had sympathy and compassion, they said, we can't do it, we can't take her. The man thought for a minute and said, so you mean to tell me that if I'm gone, if I'm dead, that y'all will take her, and she'll have food and clothes and shelter? And she'll be taken care of. 
And they said, well, yeah. The man picked up the girl, hugged her and gave her a kiss, put her hand in the hand of the man at the desk, and walked out and said, I'll arrange it. And he hung himself. Where's the little girl? And that just makes you kind of stop and think of a similar conversation that Jesus probably had with the Father. Our people are away from us. They're separated from us. There's a great gulf. They can't have a relationship. Jesus saying to the Father, you mean if I'm gone, if I go and if I die, they can be taken care of and have a relationship with you? The Father says, yeah. And Jesus walks out and hangs on a cross and built a bridge. That's intercession. Building a bridge. Put the picture up one more time there, Matt. He built, built the bridge so that we could have a relationship. We can all be intercessors. Be an intercessor for someone. Pray those prayers that bring heaven to earth. Doesn't have to be for an hour. But stop and be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Allow Him to lead you and to guide you. And you'll find that these prayers of intercession become a joy. You might find you're praying a little longer too. Let's bow our heads. At the end of at the end of almost every service, we have somebody who gives their life to Jesus. And that's actually very humbling. And you may be here, we've been talking about intercession, and you may have come to church for a long time, but you recognize that you're still very much in control of your life. But you haven't given up and turned the reins over to the Master. You haven't stopped and allowed the Father to embrace you in a long time. If that's you, we want to pray that prayer. That prayer of salvation. That prayer of coming back to Him. That prayer that allows us to cross that bridge again and to have a relationship with the Father. If you're here and you know, with every head bowed, if you know you're your life just isn't right. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. But I would like for you to lift your hand. Oh man, amen. Who else? You would say, you know what? I've got to get my life right with the Lord today. Mm, four, five. Anybody else? We're going to pray a prayer together. And regardless of whether you lifted your hand or not, all you've got to do is mean it. Mean the words that you speak with all your heart. And the Bible says that everything will change. That He will take control. He'll take the reins of your life. <clears throat> You'll become a new creation. You'll become a part of a new family. 
God is your Father. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to build a bridge. I'm sorry, Lord, that I've lived my life for myself, that I've wanted to be in control. I'm sorry that I've refused to let go. Today I give you the reins of my heart. I ask you to be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be the bridge in my life that I can have relationship with the Father. Holy Spirit, fill me. Empower me to do everything I'm created to do. I love you. I'll serve you every day for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.